If you're the only one in your book club who wants to read books that will change your life, you need a new book club. And we think you found it. I'm Heather. And I'm Susan. And can we be the first to say, welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. We're back. And last episode in chapter four, we were hanging out with Cain and Abel. And up until now, the world has been pretty small. Just a few characters. Just in one our family. Novel. Just one family. <laughs> one family. Just one family. There were a lot of firsts. There was some good, some bad. First children, Cain and Abel. That was good. First offering to God. One good, one bad. First murder. Very bad. bad. Very bad. <laughs> first time people begin to call in the name of the Lord. Good. Very, very good. <laughs> and the first genealogy, Cain's bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? <laughs> oh, good. You're when saying this time. Bad boys, bad boys. Nice. All right, confession, though. Confession, Heather, do you read genealogies when you read the Bible or do you skip them? Oh, this is a deep theological question. Oh, yeah, so deep. Truly. Personally, when I come to genealogies, I do find them very difficult. And it just depends on why I'm reading what I'm reading at that time. And... Sometimes I skip them and sometimes I don't. It depends on, I allow, I allow the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me. In, oh, you're so good. I, I really do. Because, I skip them. Like, for example, <laughs> here's, here's a good example. Um, right now I'm reading the book of Job and I'm mm-hmm. reading it because a lot of times- you want to be depressed? No. If I'm going through something hard, I like to read that to remember. Th- things could always get worse. And in the middle of this hard mm-hmm. thing, I need to praise and so I'm just allowing God to lead me. So, you know, sometimes if if I'm reading um, something in the New Testament and he's led me for a reason to this book, but there's a genealogy in the very beginning mm-hmm. of the book of Matthew, I might skip that because if he's led me to Matthew for a reason to read, you know, the Beatitudes or whatever, then I will skip it. But if it's something about honoring God and I hear, feel like there's something for him it's to tell inserted. me. Yeah. Yeah. Then I read it. So I, I can't that's give a, you that's an a easy really, answer. That's a really good practice. I confess that I usually just used to skip them because I didn't understand the meaning behind them, which I understand now. And so I'm excited that we're covering this because we could, we covered Cain's at the end of last week and it was kind of short. Of course, we're in the beginning, so they're all going to be short. This week, we're, I should have called this episode, A Tale of Two Genealogies, because we ended in chapter four with Cain's. And now, of course, back to back, we're going to have Seth. And that's a little hint to us that there is some good stuff in there and some great contrasts. And so I hope for you guys out there that this is going to be a lot more interesting to you than when I first started reading genealogies and literally ended up skipping them. Well, I do think, dear listener, that dear you listener, dear will book club start member. to appreciate genealogies more now that you have read the book of Genesis and actually started the book, the Bible from the beginning, mm-hmm. because they'll start to mean more because you know who they these grow. people are now. You recognize the link between right. the Old Testament and the New Testament and all the genealogies and why they're telling you. And the reason that they're doing it is once you recognize in the New Testament, when they start to give you a genealogy, it's all just to show you all this history that the Jews knew. It's all God's plan to lead to Jesus. Exactly. He is the icing on the genealogy cake. All right, start us out. Chapter five. This is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And he named them mankind when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had his son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. After Seth was born, Adam lived 800 
hundred years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Adam lived a total of 930 years and then he died. All right. So a first note is that whenever, remember, the Bible kind of repeats and throws you back to earlier scripture, it's telling you something. And in this case, God reiterates here that mankind was made in the likeness of God, just like in Genesis 1. And he actually starts by saying, this is the written account of Adam's family line, and there's no mention of Cain. (laughs) Mm. So they're kind of saying, we're starting over here and we're starting with Seth. God is also being really clear that his purpose for man has not changed and will still be carried out through Adam's seed, but not through the line of Cain. Um, He has provided another way through Seth because Abel was killed. Uh, Another note, all of chapter five is the genealogy of the line through which the Messiah will come. Like you said, and that's why it's important. important. Yeah. All right. Keep going. Okay. This is going to sound repetitive, but I'm going to play a math game here at the end. This is definitely a math episode. And so um, while you think you're reading nothing but a bunch of numbers and ages, we're going to dig in. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Verse six. When Seth had lived 105 years, he became the father of Enosh. After he became the father of Enosh, Seth lived 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Seth lived a total of 912 years, and then he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he became the father of Kenan. After he became the father of Kenan, Enosh lived 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enosh lived a total of 905 years, and then he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he became the father of Malhalel. After he became the father of Malhalel, Kenan lived 840 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Kenan lived a total of 910 years, and then he died. When Malhalel had lived 65 years, he became the father of Jared. After he became the father of Jared, Malhalel lived 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Malhalel lived a total of 895 years, and then he died. When Jared lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. After he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived a total of 962 years, and then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he became the father of Lamech. After he became the father of Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Methuselah lived a total of 969 years, and then he died. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a son. He named him Noah and said, He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. After Noah was born, Lamech lived 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Lamech lived a total of 777 years, then he died. After Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. All right, I'm calling this comparisons, contrasts, and curiosities for a not-so-boring genealogy. The first, Lamech compared to Lamech. If you'll remember from chapter 4, there was another Lamech. Cain has the Lamech, not to be confused with Seth's Lamech. 
Seth's Lamech is a different one. Were they just not very creative? No. Yeah, so let's address that. Hold on. And, you know, there, there's another name, too, that repeats. I think it's Enosh or is it Enoch, actually? So, yeah, I think they heard each other's names. Like Cain must have heard that Seth had a son named something and they copied each other. I don't know how it worked out. In other words, both Lamechs, to compare them, are the only sons to have a quote attributed to them. And they sharply contrast. Cain's son, Lamech, boasts of murder and vengeance, while Seth's son, Lamech, speaks of hope and deliverance, and he names his son Noah, which means relief. Lamech hoped his son would bring relief from the agonizing labor brought on by the curse. So one is like looking to the Lord for answers, and the other is rebuking God by murdering his creation. And you Uh, know what I think about this too? You You really have a lot of influence over the people that you are around. And I, I mean, if you're around people who are positive all the time, you're going to be positive also. And if you're around people who are negative, you're going to be negative too. And you can really see the effect that Cain's negative anger had on his own sons. Mm-hmm. And he almost, that's why they say a generation it, it is cursed for the generation. Because so. if Cain had repented from his murder, he wouldn't have spoken it to his kids in a way that said to them that this makes you a man right. if you do this, because be obviously Lamech is boasting about it. Yeah. So here's the question for you. Mm-hmm. Who are you in your friend group? Are you the one who is lifting others up and helping them to be encouraging people to others? Or are you bringing them down? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, Cain's Lamech mentions Cain's seven vengeance curse and pronounces a 77 times vengeance for anyone who kills him. Now, seven, you know, is one of those special numbers. It's a number of completion in God's eyes. Think of seven days of the week. There's so many sevens. As a matter of fact, I'm going to, there's 860 uses of the number seven in the Bible. Just so you know, it's a big deal. Seth, interestingly enough, Seth's Lamech lives 777 years. So one more seven added on to it than Cain's Lamech's 77 times vengeance boast. Um, Like I said, there's hundreds of uses of seven in the Bible. The meaning of multiple number sevens like this one, the 777 years that, that Seth's Lamech lives, is used to symbolize God's unmistakable hand in the affairs of men which I thought is kind of interesting. So in this case, Lamech lives a much shorter time than his forefathers. They were all living, as you read, like 900 years, 800 years, but mostly 900 and something years. However, God may have had an unmistakable hand in his death because Lamech lived 595 years after Noah was born, which is five years later, five years later, if he had lived to 600 years, um, he would have been part of the flood. So he died five years before the earth flooded when Noah was 600 years old. So again, God may have intervened and said, Lamech, I'm going to take you out of this before it happens, because you're going to literally the last five years, watch your son toil and be ridiculed. And then the flood's going to come. And, and, you know, for some reason there were there was only eight on the ark. Was it just like his way of having mercy on him? So I think so. Yes, that? exactly. Perhaps God intervened and took Lamech to spare him. Um, it may have been a gift of mercy to Noah. Um, and maybe God wanted us to know. So we picked his favorite number, 777. His favorite number. <laughs> well, the number seven is his favorite number. <laughs> so another example, this is crazy. 
Methuselah outlived his son Lamech. So remember, Methuselah is Lamech's uh, father and Lamech is Noah's father. Methuselah outlived his son Lamech, but died the year of the flood. He was 187 when Lamech was born and Lamech was 182 when Noah was born, putting Methuselah at 369. Noah was 600 when the flood came and that puts Methuselah at 969, which is when he died, which makes sense because guess what? His name means his death shall bring. His death shall bring. Methuselah probably died and the flood happened. Is that All of this crazy? is either a Bible bender for you or it's blowing your mind with all the numbers. It. If you're a numbers person, like be what? really not tracking with us right now. Right. So just know that Noah's father and grandfather died before the flood. Methuselah also was the longest living. 969 was the oldest. So so for whatever reason, he lived to be with Noah until the very end um, and was one of the last sons of sons to have a relationship with Adam. Methuselah was alive when Adam was alive. So the other cool thing is Methuselah was 148 when Adam died. Because these guys live so long, it's not like, okay, we're lucky if we get to know our great grandfather. Mm-hmm. You know, usually you know your grandfather and maybe your great grandfather was alive when you were little, really little. Back then, you would have known your great great, great grandfather in some cases, because they live forever, which means Adam was speaking into the lives of, of these 10 oh. generations we're studying here. You read 10 generations from Adam and Adam to know it is 10. Adam was speaking into those people. They had this connection. It's all going to change after Noah. Now that is a Bible bender for me because I never thought about the fact that when they're living longer, they get to be able to speak into the lives of their ancestors. And as you live longer, what do you have? Wisdom. Exactly. That's a Bible bender. Exactly. All right. So another comparison. Let's talk about Enoch, special son and another number seven. The seventh son from the line of Seth pleased God compared to, again, still talking about Cain's Lamech. Okay. He was also the seventh son. So he's the set Lamech, bad boy Lamech. We'll call him bad boy Lamech, Cain Lamech. He, bad he, boys, he bad was boys. boasting about what 77 vengeance and he was the seventh son from the line of Cain compared to Enoch, the seventh son who um, pleased God. Enoch represents godliness. He walked with God 300 years. Walking with God implies community with God in thought, word, and deed. We're talking about a guy totally committed and getting it. Lamech represents ungodliness. He adored his sword and boasted of murders. Enoch was bringing life. Lamech was bringing death. You know, I don't think I had read Genesis when I was having my kids, but if I was having kids today, I would name my son Enoch. (laughs) And hope that he... Walks with God all of Yeah, yeah. So Enoch is another special uh, son because he never died, which is super cool. Uh, in Genesis 5, 24, you read Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Hebrews eleven five 5 attests to this in the New Testament. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God and with out faith, it is impossible to please God. So super cool. He was taken because of his faith. Enoch never experienced death. He's one of two, two people in the whole Bible 
never experienced death. Elijah was the other one. He was taken by God. So just think of this. Enoch was taken by God from this temporal life and translated into eternal life without the curse, without passing through suffering, disease, death, and decay. He was exempted from the law of death and and the return to dust, which to them would have been a really big deal. This is this curse that Adam carries. Can you imagine telling grandson after grandson? Yeah, sorry, you're going through Mm -hmm. with this cursed lamb thing. It's my fault. It was really her fault. It was was your grandmother's fault. Exactly. I'll take the blame. You know, he's carrying this shame and every son of son of son realizes from him. And then all of a sudden you have this seventh son who Who doesn't doesn't die. die. He doesn't die. Yeah, because even Jesus did die, even though he was raised from the dead. He he suffered. Yes, he did. So, um... This must have been a huge comfort to this family and a hope for life after death. Like, okay, he was taken up somewhere. All but Adam and Noah could have witnessed this departure. So think about this. Again, 10 generations here. Adam was dead already. Noah was not yet born. But the other seven in between would have witnessed Enoch being taken away. So that they would have increased their own faith. Exactly. Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Methuselah, and Lamech were all alive and may have witnessed this, which is kind of cool to think about. You know, I would have liked to see that. It's like, when, you know, Jesus came back and and went up in the clouds, I would have loved to have been there. So similarly to Enoch, the faithful alive when Jesus comes back will also be taken up without experiencing death. Read this for us, Heather, in in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. So there you go. Hope. We can only hope. I'd like to just be... Beam me up, Scotty. You know, I don't know gonna... which one oh, I God, want because be I have so, so much else to do. I'm, oh, I'm... No, I know. But think of the suffering you may have to go through on the other No, I don't want to suffer. Yeah, exactly. So it'd be just a lot better. Enoch walked with God. He talked with God and he learned from God, which led to prophecy. And he was in good company. Abraham walked before God, the Bible tells us, and Noah walked with God. These are the only three where it talks about walking with God or before God, these three men. And so again, a select Enoch was in an elite group for whatever reason. He just, he was that really good guy. His one prophecy is actually not in the Old Testament. So this is kind of, I did a deep dive on this because it is in Jude, which is the second to last book of the Bible. However, this prophecy is not mentioned as from Enoch here in Genesis. So a a lot of people say this comes from the book of Enoch, which was another Hebrew writing that is not part of the Bible. But Jude, for whatever reason, reason knew of this and it was true because he put it in there so his one prophecy mentioned jude predicts the judgment and second coming of christ read it it's it's jude 1 14 and 15 enoch the seventh from adam prophesied about them see the lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they've committed in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against him so this is the second coming talking about the second coming and for whatever reason, Enoch, who got to walk with God, had some insight that he passed along and was then put by Jude in the New Testament. If you think about it, he's also, he's being able to observe both lines, right? He's being able to observe Cain and all of his sons, because those are his cousins and, and whatever. And he's being able to observe Seth and his sons who are walking with the Lord 
Lord and, and so is he. So he's almost also prophesying for all of us about all the future things, but mm-hmm. he has a unique perspective because he's observing the two in dichotomy. Yeah. They they had a, a very divided culture with, with a family, within a family. All right. More curiosities about this little genealogy. The phrase, and then he died, is mentioned eight times. This is a, so it's very repetitive. You read, Mm -hmm. and then he died, and then he died eight times. It is a glaring reminder of God's warning in Genesis 2.17 that has now become reality. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. Not really like a flashback. It's just like a- It's reminding them, and then he died, and then they all look at Adam and- and go, what did you do? No. <laughs> the man's never going to let me down. Never, but not with this first 10. He is not. So then the other phrase that is repeated a lot is he became the father of, or he had a son. So it was said two ways. Mostly he became the father of. This is a nine times reminder of new life. So you have the curse and then he died. And then you have the hope and he had a son. With every new life, they drew closer to the promise that was made to Eve that would result in the birth of a savior. And they were waiting for that. Like, again, we have to remember the Jews starting with this family from the moment of the curse have been waiting for this seed that's going to get them back into paradise. They just didn't know it was going to take years and years and years and years and they would never see it. They all died with the hope of what they haven't seen. So the savior would lead to an end to the death through eternal life. Curiously, he had a son. So there's two ways it said he became the father of or he had a son. Curiously, he had a son is mentioned only twice with Adam and Lamech, the father of Noah, perhaps hinting with both that we are starting over with Noah and we will start over when Jesus, the the one and only son of God is born. So you understand Adam says, and he had a son in his likeness, Seth. That means that here's my replacement for the line. He's he's grafted in. And then with no, with Lamech, he has Noah. We're going to again have another new start. And then, you know, when God says, this is my one and only son, son, it doesn't say, and God became the father of Jesus. It said, no, this is his one and only son. Just a little, little nuance there. Otherwise, why would we have these two sons kind of bookending this genealogy? I almost thought they were trying to like make sure we knew that there was a lot of people around so we wouldn't be questioning like last episode. You were like, I don't really know where that person came from that yeah. you married. But <laughs> yeah. they, maybe there was well, other people. There. In between those lines, every single one you were re- you were reading said, and he had other sons oh, and daughters. And he had other sons. And you know, they lived 900 years. So think how many sons and daughters that could have been. The poor women. That's what I'm wondering about. <sighs> Yeah, let's see, in 800 years, how many kids could you have? Oy. That is a curious part of the Bible, how long yeah. they lived back then. Yeah. You know, there's a lot on that. Some some people say they had just come out of paradise. The atmosphere was cleaner than this, but we're going to get to that because God's going to cut it short. I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay. Names with a message. This is a really cool thing. Uh, and we're going to have this in the show notes so you can see how it lines out, lines up. And also in the show notes, it'll have a comparison of Cain's line, you know, what names match up. And you can see that um, all in this chart. But what I want to talk about is the meaning of each of their names. So Adam means man, Seth appointed, Enosh mortal, and I'm reading them in order. Kenan, sorrow, Mahalalel, the blessed God, Jared shall come down, Enoch teaching, Methuselah, his death. Death shall bring Lamech the despairing and Noah relief or comfort. If you're listening and you're pregnant, would somebody please name their child Enoch? Or what about Methuselah? I 
just love the name Enoch. 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 Well, the point I want to make in this is that if you put them all together and you read them in order, and again, I'm adding a couple like is to, but here, but mostly I'm not adding other than that, those kind of words. It reads, man is appointed to mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down teaching. His death shall bring the despairing rest or comfort. Now you just blew my mind. Yeah, it's totally the message of what's going to happen. So I'm sorry, but if you are listening and you aren't visual, or even if you are like me, I'm reading this that Susan has laid out. We will put this in the show notes for you. But what she did here is in order of the birth order, then she took the meanings of all of their names and strung it together. Susan, read that one more time so they can understand this is in order that they were born and this is what all of their names mean strung together. Okay. Man is appointed to mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down teaching. His death shall bring the despairing rest or comfort. All pointing to Jesus. All pointing to Jesus. And there's your Bible There you go. So I hope that genealogy was a little more interesting than you expected. Genealogies will never be the same again. (laughs) Oh gosh, the challenge to make them all interesting. (laughs) We'll get there. What's a club without friends? If you're enjoying the Bible Book Club, why don't you share it? And then you can say, welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. New episodes drop every Monday and get all episodes now on Amazon Music. As always, head over to SusanMe.com slash Bible Book Club for show notes from today's episode. Bible Book Club is hosted by Susan Merrill and Heather Rubio, edited by Buck Buchanan, produced by Haley Mawatt.